0: Coming up on this episode of Here's an Idea.
1: And that's one of the, of the main principles for going to a place where there is no resources, that your tools, your materials, everything needs to be versatile. If you need like one material for making one tool and another material to make other, and then you need like a material for making houses. And so what we did is like we tried to fabricate a material that can be used in many different ways. And it's not only Mars, I mean, like the plans now for the moon, they are more into the direction of like making a a permanent establishment.
0: This episode of Here's an Idea is brought to you by Futech Advanced Sensor Technology. Futech helps leading innovators shape the future by providing custom sensing and test measurement instruments for groundbreaking applications. Futech's solutions push the limits of measurement capabilities and development to reinvent and redefine sensor technology. Go to www.futech.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Billy Hurley. Welcome to another episode of Here's an Idea. In 2015, NASA Administrator Charles Bolden, named 2030 as a target date for landing on Mars. Will we have explorers on the planet by then? If so, if humans end up on Mars in the next 10 years, astronauts will need to use as much of the planet's resources as possible and potentially build habitats to stay there. You can't turn around after all when a journey from Earth to Mars takes at least nine months. When we finally do set off for the Red Planet, a researcher from the Singapore University of Technology and Design wants us to make sure we bring along a key ingredient, chitin. Chitin is one of Earth's most abundant materials. It's a modified glucose. It's a bit like cellulose. Over 1 billion tons of chitin are synthesized each year by organisms. Chitin is found in the exoskeletons of insects, the cell walls of fungi, and certain hard structures in invertebrates and fish. Chitin can combine with components like calcium carbonate, to make even stronger substances like a clamshell. When chitin is combined with Martian soil, you end up with a kind of muddy-looking concrete, a potential building material for Mars. We spoke with Javier Gomez Fernandez from the Singapore University of Technology and Design about how astronauts on Mars, and even those of us on Earth, can make the most out of chitin. Here's Javier. That's the idea. I mean, the, we have
1: been working for a very long time in the, in manufacturing with chitin. We have never think about like uh, using it for mass until very recently. But um, our idea is like, okay, if we have like this uh, amazing molecule that uh, nature uses using in such an amazing way, I mean, for doing like a structure, like the wings of the, of the insects, but also to make the joints of the insects. So you can make like very elastic stuff and very uh, stiff uh, components, right? So why we cannot use this molecule
0: in the, in the same way? So beginning 10 years ago, Javier and his team began exploring how to use the chitin molecule. To mimic nature's ways of making an insect wing, or a shell of a shrimp. To use that same idea, but to turn chitin into a useful material for structures on Mars. Here's the basic math. A little chitin, plus a lot of Mars soil, a ratio of about one gram of chitin for every 75 grams of Mars dirt, equals a kind of glued together fine sand. So Javier, what is this material, which is kind of part Martian soil, part chitin, what does it look like? It's difficult to imagine, but if you think like about
1: uh, fine sand that you will find on the beach and you kind of like glue it together, so it's, it's a little bit like that. I think that to the touch and to the feeling, it will look like really old brick. You know, like the very uh, solid bricks with no holes that they were kind of used. In, in New England, like most of the houses are built
0: with these kind of bricks. So it kind of feels like a little bit like that. Before we get to Mars bricks, though... We need the chitin, and the chitin requires insects. Javier and his research partner, Xie Wei Eng, cleared up some details for me. Through a process known as bioconversion, insects can turn food waste, or organic waste, into the chitin. So is the idea that we bring a bunch of insects to Mars? Kind of. For the first Mars trip, in fact, we could bring up a load of insect eggs instead of live insects. The stored eggs from crickets or flies could theoretically be hatched within 14 days of arrival and could be fed with food waste and any human waste that accumulated during the months-long trip to Mars. Chitin could then be later extracted from the exoskeletons of insects. The extraction requires a bit of processing. Once proteins and minerals are removed, a kind of binder is formed. That natural glue can be mixed directly with the Martian soil for manufacturing purposes. Chitin plus soil equals concrete, essentially. A valuable building material. And if you're colonizing a new planet for the sake of efficiency and transportation, you'd ideally want one versatile material. Here's Javier again.
1: If you need like one material for making one tool and another material to make other, and then you need like a material for making the, the houses, and then like you need like a, a material to do like something else, right? So what we did is like we tried to fabricate a material that can be used in many different ways. So what we did is um, prepare the material so it can be used, for example, for 3D printing structures, but also it can be used to make uh, tools that can be used for uh, casting, that can be used for molding, that can be used, like, again, 3D printing. So um, we did all of that.
0: The idea of using insects in space began in Singapore and Italy. In 2019, Javier and his team used the black soldier fly to convert organic waste. The black flies were fed with a mixture of fruit and vegetable remains and flour waste from local mills in the town of Panzano, Italy. During the pre-pupil stage, insects were collected and processed for the separation of fat, proteins, and chitin. Chitin is the main structural component of the cuticle of black soldier flies. It can be extracted during the pre-pupil stage because that's when protein content is at its highest. Chitin makes up 6-9% to of the fly's dry weight. The black soldier fly has become a popular insect globally for its efficient conversion of a wide variety of organic materials, like urban and agricultural waste, into biomass. Black soldier flies process 20 times their own weight in waste. Here's Javier again. At
1: the beginning of this year, we published a result that we demonstrate that we can make a closed circular system In any urban environment, like in any city, we can take the the waste and we can actually manufacture any object by doing a bioconversion into the chitin and then start 3D printing objects. And, And
0: objects of like five meters are big. You can check out images of this five meter object on our episode page. Javier and his colleagues also used the chitinous material to make a wrench. Creating a wrench required no machinery at all, except for the 3D printer needed to make the mold. Material is cast into the mold, and then the mold is used again and again as needed. The team also 3D printed a model of a Martian habitat, demonstrating that this material enables the rapid manufacturing of objects ranging from basic tools to rigid shelters that could potentially support humans in a Martian environment. Here's Javier.
1: Kiting is so abundant or like so... Recurrent solution in many different biological systems that it was obvious that that was the 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 target so that should be the target for what we do and on top of that um, there is no technological use for it right now so it's kind of sad that you have like one of the best solution if not the best solution that nature has found to make a strong structures, and you're taking that material because it's a leftover from your uh, shrimp industry, and you're basically throwing to the ground to use it as a fertilizer for plants, and no structural reason. So what we demonstrate is that indeed, you can reproduce the structural properties of, of chitin, And then from there, like in, in the last 10 years, we move from this kind of conceptual idea of merging um, natural components and natural designs to technologies that are able to produce like a uh, turbine blades, uh, structures that are five meters tall, uh, like almost any, any shape. And then from there, we move into the integration into ecological systems. How, how we can do this without bringing components from our side? Can we use these to fabricate in the same way that nature fabricate, not only in terms of material, but also in terms of ecology and efficiency?
0: The process is one that is defined by efficiency, and the natural cycles of life. Insects will eat everything. Excess human waste can be bioconverted by the black soldier fly into manure and reused in agriculture. Because insects have a short life cycle, you don't have to bring a load of insects, just enough to first maintain a starting population. As an adult female cricket easily lays 100 eggs in its life, it's easy to imagine insect breeding to not only be sustainable, but scalable. Javier, can you help us kind of visualize the process as you see it working on a on a real lunar or Martian mission?
1: So if we go to Mars, you cannot just go there a step and go back. Actually, we have like certain uh, time windows for launching. We have like very long trips. It's very expensive, both in terms of energy and, and economics to actually like bring materials to Mars. So if you bring a human, you will need to bring also the resources to make really efficient supporting system for that human population. So you will need to produce food, but you also will need to produce materials, and you also will uh, need to process all the waste that you are producing. And the idea is that the, the more efficient is the system, the less material you need to bring from outside. So in our case, what we do is that we get the chitin from the leftovers of food and from the waste produced by humans. In, in our case, we started doing it in cities, and then at some point we like move it into to do it in Mars. So in our case, the chitin is obtained from insects that are processing the food waste from the first humans in a possible
0: human population on Mars. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of Here's an Idea is sponsored by Futech. Futech Advanced Sensor Technology specializes in the research and development of sensors that measure force, torque, or pressure. For the past three decades, Futech has had the privilege to work on many of NASA's historic missions. For the 2012 Mars rover Curiosity, Futech was commissioned to develop two unique sensors that could perform reliably in the cryogenic environment of space. The sensors monitored the movement, precision, and force of the rover's robotic arm as it drilled into the planet's surface and retrieved sediments for analysis. Other notable NASA collaborations include the Shear History Extensional Rheology Experiment, where Futech partnered with NASA and MIT to create sensor solutions for measuring polymer fluid in microgravity, and the Orion Multipurpose Crew Vehicle, where Futech developed safety testing sensors for the shuttle's parachute system. Futech is also proud to announce its involvement in the development of the new Viper Lunar Rover, which is scheduled to start mapping water ice on the moon in 2022. To learn more, go to Futech.com. So, Javier, is the idea that the production of the chitin scales up as the human population gets bigger? the
1: material scales with the production of waste. So the more waste you produce, the more waste you are converting, the more chitin you are producing. And chitin is something that you cannot eat. It's the same thing with cellulose. It's not doesn't have like any nutritional value for humans. So from a population of, of converters, like in this case, insects, you will need to separate this because it's not going to contribute to your uh, to your food or your, your feeding needs. So the more humans you have, the more chitin you produce, the more buildings or the more tools you can produce. So the idea is to scale up as the population scale.
0: Mars will also need its share of technology on the planet. 3D printers and robots to turn the material into finished objects. Javier, if we're gonna build these complex structures, what kinds of technologies are required? Robotics and robotic arms
1: are going to play like a very important role because the versatility that they have. Um, in our case we 3D print with an industrial robotic arm. It's it's like a really like three meters big uh, robotic arm that do the 3D printing, but also we have like other um, applications for it. It can do even like subtractive uh, manufacturing, it can remove material. But if you think about it, it can do like everything. Can from collecting samples, to uh, putting bricks one on top of each other, to 3D print, to like remove material. So all of that, with one single tool and, and that is one of the of the main principles for for going to, to a place where there is no
0: resources that your your tools, your materials, everything needs to be versatile. So what does NASA think of this idea? We spoke with Roger Weens via email. You may remember Roger from an earlier episode of Here's an idea. Roger and his team at Los Alamos National Lab designed the Supercam a tool on the Mars rover that will help us retrieve samples from the surface of Mars and help determine if there was ever life on the Red Planet. Roger said yes, local soil is a strong consideration for building materials for both the Moon and Mars. Investigations have been going on for nearly 10 years on additive manufacturing on other planetary surfaces. The kinds of parts that can be made with these materials, and with a binder that is brought from Earth, may not be appropriate for things like rocket fuel tanks, but it could be used for housing astronauts, Roger said. NASA's 3D-printed Habitat Challenge, which took place from 2015 to 2019, put teams in a competition to create potential shelters for Mars. Javier and his colleagues did not compete, but they did build a 40-centimeter replica of one winner, a cylindrical bunker called Marsha, and they did it in under 12 hours by extruding the structure in three segments. This was a tiny proof of concept that the muddy concrete— can be used to build shelters. Javier has received a fair amount of feedback from space agencies, he says.
1: We have like a really nice exchange of emails and a good feedback about what we were doing. I think that they were also like kind of excited of the idea that someone that they brought from a completely different perspective. I mean, we are coming from the perspective of like trying to make ecological system on Earth that is kind of like a genuine line of uh, research and then we kind of like bump into into a solution to a problem that it was being addressed from a completely different direction so it was really positive and now like what we are um, doing is like we are engaging again with with all these um, agencies to try to see if like we can move forward and then like do the the rest of the tests that we need to do. That for example, what is the the properties or what is the effect of radiation on the material? Um, what is the the effect with you if you manufacture in the in really low temperatures like the ones in, on the surface of Mars? So those are the tests that we are doing now to actually see how how far or how we can improve the material.
0: Going to Mars is a lot different than going to the moon. In 1969, on Apollo 11, it was a relatively quick trip. Neil Armstrong was home four days after his famous walk on the lunar surface. Mars explorers will need to stay and find ways to sustain life. The difference with
1: 1969, right? is like you, basically the plan was going to the moon and then going back from the moon and everything happened that fast. You you don't need to really consider the idea of like people living there. Uh, Mars is, is a completely different problem. And while like the, the trip to there is a stream challenge, it's kind of like an extension of a challenge that we had in the past. But the problem of stay there and live there and and produce scientific knowledge and and produce and colonize the planet, that's completely new for us. And it's not only Mars. I mean, like the plans now for the moon, they are more into the direction of, like, making a a permanent establishment.
0: Javier is on a team filled with biologists, microengineers, roboticists, mechanical engineers, but those titles are a bit limiting. Everyone on the team is beginning to share each other's expertise, he says.
1: Right now that is how everybody starts, kind of like with a, a very clear title, but then like a like half a year uh, in the group, we all kind of like know a little bit of everything. So the mechanical engineers, they know how to culture mammalian cells. Uh, the people in robotics, they know actually like a lot of material science. So it's this kind of like new, new type of science that cannot be defined by the traditional branches and everybody is strongly multidisciplinary and can speak the language of like uh, many fields to, to bring them together into a unique solution.
0: And the team is optimistic that this kind of manufacturing will support long-term exploration. In other words, we will get to Mars. Javier shared this final thought with us.
1: I'm not 100% sure that it's going to be exactly what we are doing, but I think that conceptually it's going to be like this. Is If you think about it, there is there is no other way. I mean, there, there is no other way of manufacturing life in Mars if it's not in like an inefficient system that is circular. And the idea is like it's, it's going to be exactly chitin, or maybe we find like a way to produce it with microorganisms or the type of material. Uh, I don't know, but the idea that your materials for manufacturing are going to be part of your ecological cycle is definitely going to be there. I am I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, about the whole exploration of Mars, I'm very optimistic. I think that there is there is a, a genuine interest and there is a, a really like good focus for maybe, I don't know if for the good reasons or, or, or not, but there is, it's, it's kind of like you can feel that it's very close to be in our reach and I, I, will, I will be surprised if like we don't see it happening, if our generation doesn't see uh, a human on Mars actually.
0: To our listeners out there, if you want to learn more about the technology featured in today's interview, go to techbriefs.com slash podcast. Here you can also find our previous episodes of Here's an Idea. You can also get these episodes from your favorite podcast provider, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. I'm Billy Hurley. Thanks for being with us on Here's an Idea.